0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This week, we're actually going to take a pause in our series on traps. And we're going to we're going to wrap that up next week, and we're going to talk this week about parenting. And and anytime we talk about parenting, I get a little bit like uh, kind of kind of nervous. Uh Becca and I, we, we do have kids. We have five. We have a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And, uh, and, and that, that's what makes me so nervous about it is like, okay, please do not think like this is, I'm an expert at it because I'm not. I, we, we, we make mistakes. Uh, we make lots of mistakes. I'm, and I'm not doing this because my parents were perfect. Uh, they weren't. They made lots of mistakes. I know all of them. They made them on me. Um, yeah, for sure. That, that's, that's not what this is. But what I do want to do in this is, is when we talk about parenting is talk about biblical principles um, that we need to teach children. So if you are a parent, this is specifically for you. You're going to love this. If you're a grandparent or a relative and you're here, this is for you as well. And if you're like, I don't have kids, but I'd like kids, this is for you. If not, you can help those other people with kids, the ones in the stores that you're like, you know, you'll know exactly what to tell them when their kids mess up. Um, yes. No, no, not at all. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn to Psalms 127. If you have your Bible, Psalms 127, verse 4. And you can follow along on the screens also. If you have a Bible, if you have the YouVersion app on your phone, you can jump on in there. You can go to events. And you can look up Life West, and we're there, in these notes, so everything, that, the notes and scriptures that I'm going to give, and usually more are in there, because we typically don't get to all of it. But here's what it says in Luke, or excuse me, Psalms 127. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, maybe it's because it's deer season, but this like arrow thing just definitely jumps out at me. And then it says that children are like arrows. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And, and I see that, and I think arrows are weapons. And they're actually like, they're, they're like a really good weapon. I mean, we don't, we don't think about it very often. I know when I went through Hunter's safety course, one of the things that they did was they took a bucket of sand, and they shot it with a high-powered rifle. And boop, it was a 270, and the bullet went in and stopped. And then he took a bow, and he said, watch this. And he pulled back a bow, and he shot the same sand bucket with a bow. The arrow stuck out the other side. The bullet didn't, but the arrow did. And when I read this verse, I have that imagery still in my mind of the importance. Because here's what I think. The more powerful a weapon, the more careful we are with it. Because a Nerf gun, you just, you're like, don't, you know, I put goggles on, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm safe. But the more powerful something is, the more care we want to have with it. And I, I that just really paints a picture of the power and care that we need to have with our children when we aim them. Because we, we, we need to. Because kids, they're born, and they're born just these espionage experts. Like, they, they don't come out as these perfect little angels. They definitely don't. I remember Avery was uh, our oldest when she was four. She got in trouble for something and she's at the table and uh, we're like, well, you're getting a spanking and and you're gonna remember not to do that again. And she looks over at mom and she goes, mom, if you spank me, I will not remember. But if you spank Molly, I will remember not to do this again. (laughs) She's four years old. Four years old, and she's pulling stuff like that, and you're like, really? Where, where do you get these ideas, and where does this stuff come from? And another thing that she did, and I'll just tell her on her, because she gave me permission to this morning. She actually told me. She's like, what about this one? You want to tell this one? I'm like, sure. So another one that she did is, is Molly came in. Molly's a year younger than her. Molly came in. This, this was, they, were, they were young, and Molly comes in and says, Avery called me ugly. And we're like, what in the world? You don't get to do that. Like, Avery, come here. And Avery goes, comes in, and, and, uh, and we're like, Avery, did you call her ugly? And Avery goes, oh, what? And Molly goes, you did. You said, Molly, you are ugly. And Avery goes, Molly, don't you know? Ugly is Spanish for beautiful. <laughs> like, this is just, they're born with this thing, okay? This is just... They don't come. They're not, they're not perfect, and we corrupt them. They just—they have ideas, and they can—they they do it on their own. And we need to aim them. We need to. So Amos three three, in talking about doing this, says this. It says, "Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so." And I think the number one thing when it comes to parents, specifically, this is for parents, is agree on how you're going to raise your kids. Agree. Have the Take the time to agree. Have the conversations like, this is what we're going to allow them to do. This is what we're not going to allow them to do. This is, what they're, this is how they're going to date. This is when they're going to date, when they're 32 or 22. Like, figure it out. Like, what's it going to be? Like, I have, my two oldest girls are proof that God doesn't answer prayer. I know I probably shouldn't say that, but it is because I prayed they'd be ugly and awkward until they were 22, and neither of them are. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. So you have to have this idea, like, what are we going to do? Be united on what that's going to be. If you're in a split family, it's going to be even harder. If you can be united, be united on it. Like, have those conversations, those really hard conversations with that person that you might not want to talk to. But have those conversations. Say, this is what we'd like it to be. And if, the, if they're still going to be completely different, you're like, no, you don't understand. They make the devil look nice. Like, it just doesn't work. Then you need to be even Clearer with how you're gonna have it in your home and clear on the differences. That may be the way it is with mom or dad, but here's how it is in this house, and here's why. If you want that same curfew here, here's what I'm gonna need to see. You need to do this, this, and this, and here's why you're not gonna have, or or you're just not going to, and here's why. and, And here's why you have more restricted access or more or less, but be clear on that. Take the time to be clear, to help people, to create, and, and, and to really just, just have those conversations with each other so that the kids know. Because if you do not, they know exactly what to do. From the time that they are two or three, they know mom says yes to sweets, dad doesn't, or dad says yes and he doesn't, and, and dad's more able to watch me than he does and they're gonna play you against each other, and then all of a sudden, you end up, you said yes, and she said no, and you're doing it, and you're like, I told you no, and, but mom said yes, but I already told you yes, and they're like, well, I don't care, and it's fine, why are you, and now you're busy fighting, and they're like, ha ha, they're doing their thing. They will, they, they will do it. They are wonderful little critters, but they will just rip you open and rip you apart. You need to be united. Be united. Decide, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to raise them. We're, we're gonna, here's the standards that we want. Come together on those. Come together on the standards. Be clear with the why. And here's the thing. Knowing what you don't want is not the same as knowing what you want. I think most of us can think of mistakes our parents made and we're like, or, and we're like, we're not going to do that. Or we have relatives or older siblings and we're like, I'm not going to do what they did. Or somebody else that you just seen, you're like, I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing, knowing what you do not want is not even close, it is not the same as knowing what you want. It is, it is not the same. You've probably heard the saying, you know, shoot for the moon, if you miss, at least you'll hit a star. Back to that arrow analogy, if I have a, a, a bow and arrow in here, I don't want to hit any of you. Well, if I shoot this way, I have no idea what I'm going to hit because all I'm focused on is what I don't want to hit. And the strange thing is, is where we, wherever our focus is, is where we end up going. And so if we're just focused on what we don't want, we typically end up with the very thing we don't want. It's so true. Whenever we go mountain biking, uh, back in our small group, while we still can, while there's enough light, we mountain bike on Tuesdays. And whenever new people come, one of the first things I always tell them is wherever you look is where you're going. Like, if you're looking down the trail or at that tree instead of where you want to be, you will hit the tree. And over and over, people do not believe me. And sure enough, they stare at the tree and you're like, it's coming. It, it's going to happen. I remember one time in particular, Brian and I were, we, went, we were in Bible college together. We were going mountain biking and he brought some friends with him and it was on the side of the small, it was in Oklahoma, it wasn't a, a mountain, but it, it went down pretty steep, and so we get out there, and Brian had, had had this happen once or twice before with friends that he brought, and I'm like, so I'm the one, I'm like, hey, just so you know, wherever you look is where you're gonna go, and so we get out on the trail, and sure enough, you know, we're just riding, it's nice, but the minute we get out, it drops off steep, they start to look to the right, and I can see it, I see them from behind their head. I'm like, look at the trail, look at the trail. And they're like, "Ah, ah, ah," right down the side of this, boom, 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 down these rocks, and they fall, and they got hurt, and I'm Like, like, You almost see it coming. But understand this, if what we're focused on is what we don't want, that is typically what we're gonna get. So we need to not be focused on what we do not want, and we need to focus on what we do want. Focus on what it is that we want. So what is that? Good question. Really good question. Okay, let me answer that one for you. So where, where do we start? Where do we focus? What is the win? If we're going to be aiming, what's that bullseye? What do we want to be aiming at with children? Here it is. Ephesians 6.1 says this. It children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now that word children literally means a child who is dependent. This is like somebody who, this is a little child. A little kid who needs you is relying on mom and dad. Let's talk about this. A small child. So this is where we start. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Verse two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Who wants to enjoy long life on the earth? Right? Like, I'll, 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 I'll take it. Not just long, but I want to enjoy it. That sounds great. It starts here. And as parents, this is the first thing that we do with our kids. It says they need to honor and obey. Not just obey, but they need to honor as well. Obey is do what I say, but honor is an attitude. Now, when it comes to obeying, it's easy when they're little like you obey or there's consequences, like not gonna be good. You're going to go to sleep early. You're going to eat something you don't like. You're going to get a and You're going to be in time out. I'm going to take away the things that you love. Like, you need to listen. There's consequences. But honor, when we obey because of honor, it's not because of a consequence. And eventually, that child's going to grow up, and the consequences are going to be out of our control. So it says, here's what it says. It says to raise them to honor and obey. Now, it's a whole lot easier to make sure they're obeying. So much easier than it is to honor. Because you can obey, right? I mean, you, you, no matter what it is. Teenager, whatever age they are. You tell them to be home, and they're home. But they're just mad about it. I mean, they're never coming. I had to be here. No one else has to be on this late. I'm the only one that has to do this. And sure, I will listen to that. And, or clean their room or do their homework. And they're doing the homework, and they're, they're breaking their pencil every chance they get. And this doesn't work. And see, I can't do this. And yeah, they're obeying, but honor? Not, not even close. Honor is the... The, you sneak upstairs to you know they're cleaning their. You hear movement, but you're just up there like, okay, well, what's the attitude while they're doing it? What are they listening to? What's their facial expressions? What does their body language say? My oldest, I feel sorry for her because she's she's super expressive. So whatever she's feeling or thinking, you know. Like, she can't hide it, like, at all. You just look at her face, you're like, that's exactly what she's thinking. My second, not so much, but that first one, you just, you know, it is so easy to see if she has a bad attitude. It's just, like, all over her face. You can see her face from the back of her head. It's that, it's, it's just that good. But it takes looking to make sure, say, are they honoring? And what is, what is honor? It's regard, it's to regard with great respect. And we need to teach our children to do that, to obey and to honor. We want them to be able to do that. We focus, and the next thing is this. Proverbs 22.6 says this, train up a child, and now that word child, we're at a different word, and this literally means from adole- young to adolescent. This is older, and it's saying this, train up a child in the way he should go. I read this just a little bit ago, and we're reading this from the Amplified Version. It says, teach him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents, even when, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He, he will not depart from it. This is what it is, is teach them. And I love the way that it says it, to seek God's wisdom and will for their talents and for their abilities. My goal as a parent, that's what it is. That's what I want to go for. If they're a straight-A student, that's great. But my goal as a parent is not a straight-A student. It's not an Ivy League school. It's not a CEO of a five hundred Fortune 500 company. No, it's not a star athlete, a professional athlete, or athlete of the year. Those are great things, but that's not my focus. If those happen, that's great, but that's not where our focus needs to be. Our focus is teaching them to seek God's wisdom and will for their talents and abilities. And that means it's going to be different for every child that we have. And here's the other thing I love about this, is this is something, I know there's some grandparents here today who can, grandparents can be a part, especially, I know, I talked to my dad about helping with some of this with the kids, and I'm like, hey, they like this, can you help, and what, what do you think about this? And they have some talents in here, and he's like, well, what if this? It is interactive. But it's not going to be the same with every single one. You know, my parents were missionaries when I was born. Uh, they were missionaries in Mexico. I have an older brother. He's three years older than me. Now, they left the mission field uh, when I was three and he was six. Uh, but he, my older brother, I had a heart for missions for a very long time. When we moved back from Mexico, uh, he spoke three languages. He spoke English, Spanish, and then a, uh, an Indian dialect called Otomi. And uh, English and Spanish, that was great. But Otomi was tonal, so like, meh, meant something different than meh, like, like, it was different, and and it was very, very hard, but he was gifted in that ever since he he was very, very small. It was an extremely hard language for people to learn, but he he was gifted in that and had a heart for missions for a very long time, Uh, so when he was 12 years old, mom and dad still had many friends and contacts and things in, in Mexico. They said, how would you like to go to Mexico for the summer? And he's like, yes. So they called some up and they said, we're putting them on a plane. Pick him up. They put him on a plane and sent him to Mexico for a few months. And he absolutely loved it. And from the time he was 12, he went on a missions trip um, every summer for for pretty much the entire summer. That's what he would do. Uh, When he graduated college, he moved to Mexico to become a missionary. I was a little bit different. Um, I went on a missions trip when I was 15 to Venezuela. I'd been to Mexico and done some stuff, so I went with an organization that takes takes teenagers on mission trips. So I ran down there, we went, and I had a great time. And at the end of this one month long mission trip, one of the last couple days, all of the teenagers are getting, everybody's getting together like, where are we going next year? And and they're all talking about how they want to next year go for two months, and they all wanted to go to India. Like, let's go to India for two months. This is going to be amazing. Like, let's do this. And they came to me like, Samuel, are you coming? You got to come with. This is what we're doing. I'm like, no. And, and one of the leaders came over and was like, hey, like pulled me aside. He's like, come here. Like, I hear you don't, you don't want to go next summer. I'm like, I don't. And he's like, is something wrong? And uh, we, we kind of got interrupted. There was some stuff going on. So that, that, that evening, he came back to me and he's like, are people being mean to you? Like, are you okay? And, and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm having, I, I'm great. No, no one's being mean. He's like, why do, why do you not want to come back? next year. And I just said, because I miss my church. I'm like, there's summer camp going on right now. I'm missing, normally I get to be a part of that. I'm missing that. I'm missing out on the Wednesdays. I'm missing out on the services. I miss my church. That's where my heart is. I want to be a part of that. And he was like, oh. And he walked away like all like, oh, I'm blue. This kid doesn't like missions and he doesn't like it. And Let's go eat some worms. But that wasn't the case at all. That was not the case. For me, I absolutely, I left there and I'm like, I learned a lot. I learned, I love missions and I learned the difference that it makes and I support missions and and, and send people on missions trips and help that. We love doing that. As a church, we give missions. We love missions. I think missions is a huge part and needs to be a huge part of what we do. So as a church, we give the first 10% of stuff that comes in, it goes to missions. We support an orphanage in India, some other missionaries in um, Guatemala, Guadalajara. No. Where is it? Both. Anyways, I'm getting confused. There's a bunch of them because it's important. Important enough that I can't remember the name. How can I even say that after I do that? I don't know. But it is important. We need to do that. But I learned that that wasn't for me. So, when I graduated college, I did not go on a missions trip. I took a pastoral internship, and I started from there. Whatever our kids have, they have gifts, talents, and abilities. We need to teach them how to seek God's wisdom for using them. It's fun doing the things you're good at. It is so much fun. And we talk about that here at Life West because our mission at Life West is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. I think that's just, I, I absolutely love it. I'm like, yes, we want to do that because we want to see people. And it just fits exactly this exact same thing. Know what their giftings are and use them in the kingdom of God. It is fun to do things you're good at. Who likes doing things you're not good at? Raise your hand. You're like, I'm really bad at it, okay? Why do I not play basketball? Because I'm really bad, okay? I'm like, really, really bad. Becca's like, yes, you have no idea. He's so bad. I went and played with her dad one time and, they were yelling at me like, use the backboard. And I told Becca that. She goes, they never say that unless you're really, really bad. How bad are you? And I'm like, never mind. I'm like, well, let's go run or something. Let's do something I'm good at. Because that's what we like to do. We like to do the things we're good at. And it's fun to do them. But when we get to take the things we're good at, the gifts and the talents that we have, and use them in the kingdom of God, it's 10 times better. It's, so much, it's even more fun. It's even more fun. And so... What we get to do as parents is to help our kids discover that and how to use that in the kingdom of God. Help them to see what they are, to use their gifts, to use their talents, to make a difference. We have to teach them how to seek God's will for their life. And one of the number of ways that we do that is by doing it ourselves. It's by doing it ourselves. You've probably heard it said before, more is caught than taught. And here's the thing, the closer somebody is to you, the less, do as I, the less it works to say, do as I say, not as I do. The closer they are, they're like, wait a second. You're selling that stuff, but you don't drink any. Like, what you, wait a minute, this isn't very good. Like, whoa, 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 what's holding on? And our kids, they get to see all of it. They see it all. So if we're going to try to teach our kids to seek God and how to use their gifts and talents and to seek first the kingdom of God, we've got to be doing it ourselves, and we have to show it to them. My uh, Becca and I, this year, we stopped reading our Bible, just to get your attention, we stopped reading our Bible on our phones, okay? We stopped reading it on our phones. We read our Bible, but we got the paper. Because here's the thing, if I'm, if I'm on my phone, do you have any idea what I'm doing right now? No. And so the kids would come down in the morning, if I was doing my quiet time, and they'd see me on my phone. And I'm like, they don't know what I'm doing. Do they think I'm watching videos, checking emails? What, what am I, playing a game? What, they don't know. So we stopped reading our Bibles on our phone. And I'm like, well, then I want this one, and I want a new Bible. And we went out, and we got some new ones. We said, let's do some paper Bibles so that the kids can see what we're doing because we want to be an example. Monkey see, monkey do. It's, it's so incredibly true. Our kids, we can try to teach them stuff, but they pick up what we often don't want. Like my three-year-old right now, we're working on his alphabet. Like all of our kids are different. John O., who's seven, he taught himself how to read when he was four. Okay, I, I didn't do it. He was just... He didn't, and he starts reading. He's like, okay, Bo is three, and we're still working on his alphabet. And, and we're like, come on, buddy, let's sing the song. We're working on him. He's like, I don't want to. I want to do it by myself, and he doesn't know it. And then he starts singing this uh, other song, BZRK. It's like it's a song, but it's got letters in it, so he thinks it's the alphabet. So he starts singing that and going off. And you're like, come on, this is what we're trying to teach. But then one time I accidentally say the word crap. And he picks that right up and is like, oh, crap. And you're like, what are you doing? No, that's not what you're supposed to be learning. And I'm like, A, B, C, D, F, G," And I sing ABCs all the time. I caught myself. I was out running the other day, and I'm like, I'm doing the ABC. He's not even here. Because I'm trying to, like, in the background, like, learn it. Like, come on. They learn what we do. They, they just pick it up. They, they just pick it up. If we are not doing it, if, we, if they do not see us seeking godly counsel, then why are they going to seek godly counsel? If they don't see us praying and seeking God, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to pray, and they're not going to seek God. But if they see us when things aren't going right, and we run, the place that we run to is to God's word, and we and we run to godly counsel and we say hey I don't know what to do here I got myself in this mess whether it be financially or spiritually or this is what's happened I don't know what to do how can I handle this my marriage is this my life is my work this, is, this isn't right what do I need to do and when they see us running after that that's the example that we are setting but the whole do as I say and not as I do the closer they are the less it works 1 Corinthians 11 1. Paul says, follow my example as I follow Christ. And that's what we are to be. We are to be that example for each one of our kids. Do we pray? Do we seek godly counsel? Do we have godly mentors, people in our lives that we can be this example? Because what we want our kids to do, and it's gonna be different with every single one, is to seek first the kingdom of God. College is great, but that's not my goal. That's not my goal. We're taking steps, but that's not my goal. And even as we talk with our kids as they're a little bit younger, we're like, okay, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you, you, that God's put a burden that you just look at it and you think, I want to solve that problem. I want to fix it. I, I hurt for these people. What is it? Because maybe you're going to be involved with helping. I, I have no idea. Is it animals? Then let's, let's get you involved in that and then let's learn how we can use that. Because here's the thing, our spiritual life and then our everyday life are not separate. We don't hold them in different pockets. We don't hold them in different hands. They're not in different universes. They don't wake up on different sides of the bed. It's one. It's one thing. It's one thing. It's the same thing. Every day that we're at work, everything that we do, And it's teaching our children, this is what it's gonna be. So yeah, I seek God about this. And yeah, we're gonna take time to seek first the kingdom of God. What does that look like? And what is that supposed to be? I wanna read Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 25. And this is what it says. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food? And the body more than clothes, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. that do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, and why do you worry about clothes? See, I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown in the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added or given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worry about itself and each day, excuse me, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. So seek first the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for your children. That's what God wants for every single one of you. But the way that we're going to receive what God has for us is by seeking first the kingdom of God. It's not relying on our own strength. Saying, God, I need your help. Those parents that came up here today, they're like, God, we need your help raising these kids. We want your help. Help. It's seeking first the kingdom of God. And here's where it's easy. It's easy when we agree, right? It's easy. You're like, yeah, this is great. We're just gonna go here, go here, go here. Where it gets hard is when we disagree. When Becca and I drive anywhere, are we gonna be in a parking lot, She gives me directions. I'm driving. She's in the passenger seat. She is the biggest backseat driver I have ever met in my life. In the parking lot, she's like, you're going to go left here a little bit to the right. You're kind of close. She just does it, okay? And um, for me, most of the time, I'm okay with it. Because honestly, I I try to go into it with the attitude of I'd rather have her tell me something that I knew and be like, I already knew that. Then have her not tell me something and I miss it and we get in an accident, hit something or, or, or anything like that. And I'm like, I need to have that attitude, like, like, like just, just tell me. But she's always giving direction. I mean, it is non-stop, wherever we go. And that's what makes it hard. Because it's easy when I agree. When we agree on something and she says left, it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll turn here. But when we start going places, and she's like, well, Google says to turn left here. And I'm like, I do not want to. And she's like, well, Google says I think we should do it. And I'm like, no, I want to go straight here. She's like, no, go through here. I'm like, that's Grand Valley's campus. I do not want to drive through Grand Valley campus. We can be faster to go up and go around. And she's like, no, I think we should. That's where it gets fun, right? (laughs) It's where we differ. And that's why it says here, "And lean not on your own understanding. It's seeking God, saying, God, what is it that you have for me, and trusting him. That God, I'm going to seek you first. We're going to put you first in our lives. We're going to honor you. We're going to choose to forgive, but I don't want to forgive. But forgiveness, that doesn't even make sense. No, God's word says that we need to forgive. Okay, fine, and we begin to do it. That's where the rubber actually meets the road, so to speak, is when we differ and we say, God, I want to do it your way. But you show that example to your kids of you laying down and being like, you know what? No, I'm gonna serve your wife, I'm gonna serve my wife, I'm gonna serve my husband wife. This is what God's word says that I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lay down my life. And as our kids see that we are that example, we're gonna see in them the very things that we want. Because more is caught than taught. And it starts with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, right now is week two of something called growth track. It's going on right behind me. If you're here this morning and you're like, that whole idea of of gifts and passions and using those in the kingdom of God, I'd love to begin to do that. Where do I start? We do a, a class the first three weeks of each month, and it happens during the message portion of the service, and that's where a bunch of people went this morning. Why the empty seats are right up front here is because they're in the class back here, and this morning they're taking some spiritual gifts tests and some personality tests and seeing where their giftings and things lie and praying about where, how to use their gifts in the kingdom of God. So if you are hearing like, hey, that's something I'd really love to be a part of, jump in next week, next week's week three, or come back 1st of October, It'll st- November. It'll start up again. We'd love to have you, but here's what we want to see. We want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you, because I believe that Jeremiah 29 11 is true, that God knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you, and to give you a future. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.